Well, if we want to fight the toxic drug crisis, first and foremost, we need to know what we're fighting. But how can we do that if we're finding out too late about the latest designer drug that people are taking? Well, research from the University of British Columbia and the BC Provincial Toxicology Centre hopes to change that. So they have a study that's been published in Analytical Chemistry that actually uncovered some drugs in old samples that had been previously undetected. Drugs that people were using but weren't being detected by the usual tests. So what can we do with this information? Well, Dr. Michael Skinner is a study lead and assistant professor of integrated genomics at Princeton University, and he joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So how did you find this out? Um, well, I guess the, the challenge that we wanted to address in this study was that um, in any given year, there might be dozens to hundreds of new designer drugs that emerge on the illicit market. Um, but because these are entirely new molecules, it's not really practical or realistic for a lab to be um, testing for them, and, and it's not really possible to set up hundreds of new clinical tests every year. Um, and so in practice, the lab has to make these difficult and somewhat subjective decisions about what drugs uh, they want to test for next. And so our goal in this study was really to develop a platform to make these decisions in a more data-driven way. Um, and we showed that by reanalyzing data from more than 12,000 urine drug screens that had been done in British Columbia over the last three years, uh, we could identify numerous drugs that were circulating in British Columbia, but which were not being detected by existing clinical tests. So this was information we already had, we just didn't know how to look for it? Exactly. Um, so the, the gold standard for detecting a new drug in, in the setting of, you know, making a clinical diagnosis and determining how someone's going to be treated is uh, to compare uh, the patient sample, whether that's blood or urine, to a synthetic form of that same drug. And that really is the only way to achieve 100% uh, confidence identification. Um, but it's not really realistic for labs to be buying hundreds of new synthetic uh, reference materials for emerging drugs every year. So we asked if instead we could compare the patient data to data that had been collected in other labs around the world. Um, for these drugs. And so this isn't really accurate enough to be, you know, directing, uh, directing treatment, but we showed that it is accurate enough to get a sort of bird's eye view of what drugs are circulating in the community. Right. So what can we do with this information then, Dr. Skinner, because you're right, is that by the time we know about some of these drugs, they've already taken hold, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. I think one of the more striking examples in this study was a drug called fluorofentanyl, uh, and our data showed that this drug had actually been circulating for well over a year within British Columbia before the end of our study. Um, and again, that drug was really, you know, emergency physicians and public health officials were not aware that that drug was proliferating. Um, so I think that the ultimate goal is that this technology could really shorten the lag between the introduction of a new drug into the community and our ability to test for it in clinical samples. And that would then go on to inform the public health response as well as you know, more acutely, uh, emergency treatment, overdose prevention, and, and things like that. Okay, so if health officials have to use that information, right? And do you see them setting up to, to take advantage of what it is that you've discovered? Absolutely, and that's, you know, one of the most exciting things to me about our work. Um, the BCCDC is already uh, moving to implement this into their routine clinical workflows. And so the idea is that um, this sort of retrospective analysis um, of the kind that we described in this paper would be performed on a regular basis. For example, let's say every month, 
And this would kind of provide a platform to constantly be um, gathering new information on the emergence of new drugs in British Columbia. Did it surprise you to know that you thought, oh my goodness, look at all these other drugs that we didn't know about? I think it definitely highlights the need for this sort of technology. Unfortunately, I wouldn't necessarily say it's surprising because, um, you know, the toxicologists at the um, BCCDC, who, who we worked with in this study, you know, they had a pretty good sense that there were going to be many new drugs that they weren't uh, testing for. And, and that, again, speaks to this issue of um, how exactly do you prioritize these potential emerging drugs for, for the development of new clinical tests? How do you do that? Yeah, well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully the, the work in this paper provides sort of a data-driven manner to do this. And I think the argument is that um, we can take advantage of this wealth of data that we've already collected and reanalyze it, uh, query it against data that's been collected in other labs, and then kind of uh, immediately, as soon as a new drug um, you know, it comes to the attention of forensic scientists in Canada or elsewhere, uh, we could uh, rapidly determine whether or not this drug is present in British Columbia. Okay, so that would be the goal then. You would have to see it show up, right, in, in tests and then say, what is this? We have to find out what this this new thing is. Yeah, it, it's sort of maybe slightly different from that. The idea is that, you know, let's say a lab in Toronto or a lab in Europe might um, report that they've discovered some new drug, uh, we would then be able to very rapidly uh, check whether this is a drug that there's any evidence is present in samples collected within British Columbia. Right. Uh, and if it is, then then the lab could then go and develop a, a, a test for it. So how close do you think we are to this? Like, is this, you mentioned that the BC Toxicology Center wants to look at this. Are you confident that you're going to see this in practice soon? Yeah, I am. Um, I think that there's uh, very few barriers to actually putting this into practice. Um, again, this is a this is a kind of computational platform that really works with the data that the Provincial Toxicology Center is already generating on a daily basis, and it works with data that's um, shared by labs around the world who work in this sphere. So I'm I'm really uh, you know quite excited to see this put into practice, and I think that's going to happen in the in the relatively near future. Yeah, well, thank you so much for telling us about it this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Some important work there being done by Dr. Michael Skinner, study lead and assistant professor of integrated genomics at Princeton University. He was part of this UBC team, though, that developed these tests so they could go back and look at old samples and find that there were traces of toxic drugs in there that they didn't even realize were in the system and being used until now. So hopefully we'll get a better grip on that in order to fight that toxic drug crisis.